Most people are familiar with the investment concept of risk versus reward or risk return. The more risk you take, the greater the return should be. By the same token, the less risk you take, the lower the return should be. So what about risk-free investments? Perhaps you've heard the term risk-free investment or risk-free retirement. In this show, we are going to explore this concept and discuss what that might look like and if it even exists. This is a show about financial planning with a particular focus on the issues facing those close to or living in retirement. Each week, our host, Dan Wendell, will share his expertise in retirement planning in a fun and down-to-earth format. Now, let's begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show. With me, Dan Wendell. Alongside me is risk-free Tony Shore here to talk about risk-free investing today. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tony, you look excited, but you also look dubious. Well, yeah, dubious. Obviously, I don't believe that there's a risk-free investment out there, at least one where you make money on your investment. And I think that's the very definition of an investment. You want to be able to make money. I mean, you can put your money somewhere that's risk-free in that, you know, it might not lose the actual cash you put under the mattress, but I don't think anything's risk-free myself. Well, well, I mean, there's no such thing as a free lunch is what you're trying to say. Well, you, you just look dubious in general whenever you do the show with me because you don't know what I'm coming with. But... <laughs> Um, that's true. If I said this to you, I've got a foolproof plan. Or if I said, I got an opportunity where you can't lose, can't, can't lose opportunity. The red flags are going to go up, right? Oh, and, yeah. and not just, not just a red it. flag, a red brick wall. that's <laughs> <laughs> double thick and all the way to the sky. Yeah. So if I say I've got a risk-free retirement plan for you, what would you say to that? There's no such thing. All right, good, because then we're on the same page. See, and I, I think people hear this, though. They hear... Oh, I, I hear it all the time. I think there's another quote-unquote financial professional out there with a show called Risk-Free Retirement. That's the name of his podcast or show. Okay. Well, I never so, listened to it, but I've heard well, I haven't the term. E- I haven't either, but I've seen the name out there. Yeah, and and I've seen the, I've heard the ads, you know. Do you want a risk-free investment, you know, you can't, can't, so let's, let's analyze this today and, um, and see whether or not it exists. We'll go, we'll go leprechaun hunting. Ah, Did I just give it away? Did I give it away? I think I gave it away. (laughs) Leprechaun hunting. They real. I don't know if we want to hunt leprechaun. We want to find them. We're not like, we don't have guns (laughs) or anything. (laughs) I mean, that's always taking the wrong. Look at you. Have this a negative connotation. (laughs) Jeez. Easter the word hunting hunt. so is not. If I good. said Easter egg hunt, would you think I'm running around with guns trying to shoot Easter eggs? No, no. but See, no, but I, I worry about your bias against us Irish guys. That's <laughs> my concern. Oh, great! Or is that <laughs> Scottish? Okay, here we go. So the term risk-free rate of return. Have you heard that before? Risk-free rate of return. Yep. And and it's a, it's a financial concept, and and you learn about it during you know financial when you go to school, uh, CFP classes, those kind of risk free rate of return. I remember it in, in college. I was interested in it because like, oh, what does that mean? 
It's a theoretical concept, though. That's the important part. <laughs> so you got to remember it's theoretical. Um, but the purpose of it is pretty simple. It makes sense and basically provides a baseline to compare to. So it answers the question, what is the rate of return or what interest rate would I get on a risk-free investment if it existed? So this way, if you knew what you would get on a risk-free investment, you should then be able to compare more risky options to see if they're worth it. So um, if you're going to get 1% on a risk-free investment, you better get more than 1% on an investment that has risk, right? Because you want to get paid for your risk or the risk that you're taking. So what is the baseline tool that financial people use as a risk-free rate of return? What instrument comes close as close to risk-free investment as possible? And the answer is U.S. Treasury bill, at least for U.S. people. So a U.S. Treasury bill, in particular the three-month Treasury bill, is what is used as a baseline to determine the risk-free rate of return. Because, generally speaking, there is practically zero chance that the U.S. government will default on its obligations over the next three months. So the Treasury's rate is often used as the risk-free rate. Ah, okay. But there's no, there's no such thing as risk-free because there's inflation and, uh, you know, um, you know uh, opportunity, a, growth, you know, investment opportunity, cost, growth loss. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, you're right. There, there, there are a lot of different risks. And like I said, even with the U.S. Treasury bill, you can't say there's no risk if you're a foreign investor because you got currency risk. So exchange rate risk is what it's called. So if you're in the in Australia and you're buying U.S. Treasuries, you run the risk that the Australian dollar to the U.S. dollar changes. So there's some risk there. Over the next three months, what happens? You might lose money in currency, you know, differences. So, um, but that's what this comes as close to risk-free as possible is the U.S. Treasury bill. And the theoretical models use that. So let's, but you're right, there are risks involved in everything. Let's let's use another example. Tony, you and I are sitting talking to each other and I'm asking you give me $100 cash right now. Let's say you had it, which you don't. I know you. But let's say you had $100 cash and I said give me the $100 cash and by the end of the show I'll give you the $100 back plus I'll give you a quarter. 25 cents. Does that seem fair? Sure. See, all right now, now see you're you're just going along with it. You're, you're you look at you defensive, waiting for me to drop the hammer. Okay, now now I, I said instead of giving it to me because we're sitting here talking to each other and and yeah, the the money's in your sight and I'll give you a quarter just for letting me have it for the length of the twenty minutes, right? But instead of giving it to me, you gave it to Mitch outside the door, and he has the same promise. He's going to return it at the end of our show. Would you expect to get more than 25 cents from him? No. Why not? Well, because that's all you were offering. So that's the going rate, right? That's the going rate. <laughs> but, but, would you... Plus, I know Mitch is cheap. I'll probably get 20 cents. Oh, so, but... <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't even lend them the money, then, is what you're saying? Probably not, no. But... In reality, you would probably expect to get a higher return if you gave it to Mitch because 
he's not sitting across the room from you. He even right. though it's the same timeline, even though you're gonna get the money back, he's gonna be outside. He's gonna have a whole set of different risks associated That's with true. him. That's true. He you gotta factor in his character versus mine. Yep. Right? Yep. Where's he I gonna be? I trust you both though. I trust right, you both. Right. But where is he going? He he's gonna he's not gonna be in front of you. He's gonna be walking around. He can go to the vending machine. He can get influenced by others. So there's all sorts of different factors for giving him the money versus leaving it on the table in front of me. And so you might right, change there's your more risk. expectation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's more so risk. is it reasonable for you to demand a higher rate of return because there's a higher risk? Sure. Now, those risks are so subtle, and you trust I thought you were asking, would he pay me a higher rate? Uh, would I ask for a higher rate? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> would he give me a higher rate? No. You might get a slap. <laughs> he might slap you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a knee to the groin. Something, you know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so people generally understand risk-reward. Um, they understand that the more risk you take, you should be getting something higher in return in the form of interest rate when it comes to finances. But then there are people out there touting no risk options. And we talked about it. We hear in the no uh, risk free rate of retirement or why would you take risk when you can buy this thing? Or why don't you why eliminate the risk? Use my my X, Y, Z strategy. And so let's first talk about some of the risks that people don't really think about too often. Um, and maybe you've heard a few of these, but I'm just going to go through these quick just so people get an idea of the other types of risk out there. I mentioned one already, exchange rate risk or currency risk. You know, if you're buying foreign currency and the prices fluctuate, your investment, when you go to sell it, you know. Um, my kids like to watch the show Amazing Race. And um, they're always fascinated when this this team has given money at the start of a, a leg of the race and then they're, maybe they're in China. And the next thing you know, they're in Thailand and they have sure. a different... Now they have to pay the taxi driver, and the driver's like, "That's four thousand and the kids are like, "What at four thousand that's a lot and i'm I'm explaining to them you know there's different currencies, so they did, and then they're trying to pay with yen or they're trying to pay with dollars, and they're like, "No, sure. no one knows the so there's that so people get that risk, you know, so if you invest in something in a foreign country, you run the currency risk, okay, the most obvious risk is market risk in and that's buying stocks, there's a market risk. Up and down. Market goes up and down. So you know that. People know that. If they're buying stock in Apple, there's a chance that it's going to go down or up. And they expect it to go up. So they're taking on market risk. And you know what? what's interesting, Tony? The difference is there's a term for this. The difference between what you expect, the expected return and the risk-free rate, meaning the treasury, three months, say it's three-month treasury, that difference between those two interest rates is called the market risk premium. So it's what you're getting paid to take on the risk. Because your other option is just buy a U.S. Treasury. Boom. And, and again, it's not no risk, but it's very, very low risk. Another, yeah. another form of risk is liquidity risk. If you said to me, Dan, here's, here's the $100, and I said, all right, I'll give it to you in 20 minutes. If you want it in 10 minutes, that's, you're out of luck. You know, I, I control it, and so you're out of that money for that 10 minute period. And that's liquidity. Liquidity means liquid, meaning flows easily. So you can't always get your money in certain investments and that's liquidity risk. Right. And that's the Another complaint way. people have about things like uh, retirement accounts, right? I mean, your 401k, mm -hmm. your, your traditional IRA, uh, your fixed that's index right. annuities, these are great retirement vehicles, but sometimes there's liquidity issues. Right. 
And people forget that because they're like, oh, well, I, you know, there's no risk. Oh, it's a risk-free retirement. Well, there's liquidity risk. If you put money in an IRA or 401k and you say, I'm going to put it in my 401k and I'm going to leave it 100% in cash, well, what's the risk there? There is liquidity risk because, oh, I want my money back. Well, you can get it back. Cash is easily liquid, right? That's not the liquidity risk. It's There's a 10% tax penalty for early withdrawal if you're under 59 and a half. All of a sudden, you have this risk, tax risk, and you're like, wait, that's, you know, so there's another risk, tax risk. Liquidity risk is one that people don't realize until they go to get their money sometimes. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, another big ri risk is interest rate risk. Like market risk, interest rates go up and down. Like the stock market goes up and down, interest rates go up and down, and that impacts bond prices. So if you're investing in a bond, it's usually an inverse relationship. As interest rates go up, bond prices go down, and vice versa. So for instance, a very w simple way to look at this, Tony, if I'm going to give you um, 10% interest on that $100 over the next week, but all of a sudden the going rate is 12% and, um, you know, Mitch says, Hey, I'd give you 12%. And you'd be like, well, I already gave my money to Dan. You'd be like, you'd be like, well, too bad. Um, I'm not, you know, and you say, I yeah. want 12%. And you'd be like, you come to me and say, Dan, he's giving me 12. I say, too bad. You already agreed to 10. So you just ran into interest rate risk and yeah. you're, you're out of luck. You know? I demand my money back from you, Dan. And this is where the, the, my, my, you know, my friends show up at the studio and say, Tony, you got a problem? Is there a problem here? No, it's the opposite. I'm trying to get my money from you. So I send yeah, the but, people, but you forgot you. who you're dealing with. I'm, I'm preempting your, your attack <laughs> on me with my guys. It would be a shame if you the microphone fell you, down your throat on accident. Yeah. <laughs> you're too nice of a guy, Dan. I'm not worried about you. You don't have guys. Now your brother, Ed, Mr. Mr. New York. Mr. Brooklyn accent, uh, he's him. I would worry about you. No, you're too so nice that, of a guy. That's a whole different type of risk, right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Ed. Ed. Uh, yeah. Working with guys who might, you know, I know people. I know people. They're gonna come see you. Don't worry don't, about it. They're gonna come take care of you. I don't even know how to quantify that risk. We're talking about financial risks. I yeah. Guess. Okay. Financial risks. <laughs> um, another risk uh, people face in financial is. Um, uh, business risk. You know, if you invest in a company and it goes under, well, there's a risk, you know, um, we got reinvestment risk. Here's a, here's an interesting one, Tony. People don't think about if, if, um, if you said, Hey, uh, I'm going to buy this bond and it's going to give me 5% interest and then I'm going to get paid coupons, you know, monthly, uh, you know, quarterly or whatever it is, you're going to get payments. You run the risk of reinvestment risk, meaning if interest rates go down and you're getting 5% and they're giving you this money, what are you going to do with that money? You, some people spend it, but if you want to reinvestment, reinvest it, you get the current rates. You can't get the 5% you got before. This is what we talked about. So if I give you, if Mitch is offering 12% and I give you the money back, you can go with Mitch. But if I give you the money back and Mitch is only offering eight, you're going to say, I want that 10. I want that. I want, I'm like, no, I'm, I don't want any more money. So that's called reinvestment risk where you can't find the, the rates are going down and you're stuck holding cash that you don't know what yeah. to do with. Yeah. So let's switch over to talk about some of the actual investments that people are touting and talking about. And let's talk about yeah, so, really the true risks associated with them. Right. So people say when people say risk free investments, uh, what are they talking about? I mean, I know I know there are some guys out there who tout uh, fixed index annuities as risk free. Yes. That's uh, a and I think that's a good retirement vehicle because I've looked into them. Uh, and I personally, you know, 
uh, depending on my situation when I get a little older, that's something I'm going to consider. I know uh, my parents have that, and I know a few other people have those, and a lot of baby boomers use those. So are there risks with a fixed index annuity? Yes, absolutely. So remember now, we're talking about risk-free investments, and, and in fact, not all of these things that I want to talk about are truly investments. For instance, an index annuity is not an investment per se. It's an insurance product. So um, just to be technical here. So you don't need to be an investment advisor, which is what I am, to provide, uh, to to sell these things, to, to give them to someone or even to guide someone on purchasing them because they're truly not investments. They're insurance products. So, but yes, they are associated with risk-free. People say, oh, there's no risk in a, well, start with fixed index annuities because you wanted to bring that up and that's perfectly fine because that is a biggie. There is a risk associated with that. An indexed annuity um, provides, is an insurance contract. It, it goes, the interest you get depends on the actual index it's tied to. Let's just say it's tied to the S&P 500. So if the S&P 500 goes up, theoretically your account will go up. And the limit on that is a problem, right? Um, usually they cap it at a certain rate, but let's talk about the risk part. They'll say, oh, there's no risk. What they're really saying is there's no market risk, which is, yes, the S&P 500 is going to determine your interest, but what if the S&P 500 is down? It's down 20%. What do you get? You get zero interest. So they're saying that's risk-free. Yeah, there is no market risk in it, but there are other risks associated with the index annuities, and the biggest being liquidity risk. Typically, when you buy an index annuity or any annuity, there's a time frame that you're buying it for. It might be lifetime. It might be 10 years. It might be five years. It might be one year. So depending on the timing of it, you're locking in your money for that timeline. And there may be some liquidity features part of it, but for the most part, when you go to get your money out prior to that term ending, you're going to get hit with a huge penalty. So there's liquidity risk. If you need that money, if you buy a five-year index annuity and you need your money in year two and you need all your money in year two, that's going to really be painful. So there's a risk you run of paying a surrender penalty during that. So sure. that's the big risk. Of but also annuities. there's fees, right? I mean, and fees are like a risk. People say, well, you can't lose anything in the market. You, you know, you're not going to lose anything with a fixed index annuity. So if you put 100,000 in, you're going to at the worst have that 100,000, but that's not necessarily true because you might have riders that cost 1% or 2% or there right. might be some right. fees. They're they're usually low, which is good, but uh <clears throat> you have to be realistic, right? Right, exactly. And so fees are a separate category altogether and there are annuities that are laden with fees and then there are annuities that have no fees. But bottom line is, when it comes to the risks, you're really going to be concerned about liquidity risk when you're buying an annuity. And the other big risk with an annuity is, um, I'll call it business risk, but it's default risk. If you're buying an annuity from an insurance company and the insurance company goes bankrupt, that's a risk. Because the the guarantee or the money you're going to get back is only as good as that company that you're buying it from. So it's it's not going, you know, like if you have a pension and you're getting it from your old employer, if that company runs into trouble, goes bankrupt, your pension's in jeopardy, and you might have to figure out a way to handle that. With Same with an insurance company. If you buy a, an annuity 
and they run into financial trouble, you're at risk. So people forget about those. So, so when that's why I no risk that they're they're not telling you the truth. Right. Right. OK, so that's a fixed index annuity. What about uh, what about other types of accounts that people say are no risk? Right. Uh, fixed annuities are not are, are less uh, moving parts than an index annuity. So those would be like a uh, give me three percent for three years. And so you still run the risk of liquidity risk there. So annuities, yep. that's the biggie. Another one, uh, what well, we mentioned, treasuries. So that's as close to risk-free as you're going to get is treasuries, especially bills, treasury bills. Bills are less than one year. Notes, treasury notes are two to 10 years. And treasury bonds are 20 or 30 years. So the- You can put money into those and you can't lose money. It can't go below zero. Right. If you hold it to maturity, so if you buy a two-year treasury note and you hold it for two years, you're going to get your money back plus the interest. So what's the risk there? You know, what is the risk of buying a three-month three treasury bill? The risk is inflation risk on those. So, Because the percentage of uh, interest is so low exactly. that it might not even cover inflation. Exactly. You know, oh. treasury bills typically are as close to risk-free as possible, and they're, tip they're typically going to pay you close to zero because Ugh. because what, I mean, so in fact, there you can even have so negative interest So it's like putting rates. it under the mattress almost at some point. Well, let's, I'll get to that in a minute. So um, treasury bills, let's say you get, you, you get a, a one-year treasury, it's going to pay close to nothing, but at least you know it's guaranteed by the government, so there's low risk of default but you're running into inflation because you're, you're not going to keep up with a 3% inflation rate. So people forget that. But then again, you have negative interest rates, which is interesting. Um, let's say Germany, I, I think recently they had negative interest rates on their treasuries. So they would, you'd buy a, 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 a government issued gov, German government issued um, financial instrument. And let's say you held it for a year, you would get less back than you put in. But people do that because they need someplace safe to put their money, and that's about as safe as they're going to get, according to them. So that so you can actually lose money in these, but that is certainly not keeping up with inflation, right? So that's no, the big no. risk you run. And inflation is basically saying oh, you're going to run out of money. But you So the same thing would be CDs. People always said CDs are risk-free. Right, they aren't. You got some liquidity risk, like the annuities. So some CDs will take your interest back if you cash out less than the time frame. Let's say it's a year of CD and you pull out a few months in, they might take back all the interest they give you. And also inflation risk because CDs don't typically pay very high either. So you run the risk of your purchasing power decreasing over time. If, the, if, the, if you buy a three-year CD right now and it's paying you 1%, inflation's higher than that. So yes, you'll get that 1%, but that, one, that, that money that you have at the end will purchase less than it did three years ago. So you that's inflation risk. So, and you mentioned throwing money under the pillow, which is perfectly fine. So under the mattress, here's some risks associated with that. Inflation, obviously. You're making zero on it, and if you leave it under your mattress for a year, it's going to be worth less in terms of purchasing power. Plus opportunity loss. Opportunity cost. Is I mean, another. that was treasury, CDs, and the money that you just stash in a coffee can or under the mattress you're losing out on the opportunity to earn interest. Right, exactly. But you also run the risk of fire and theft. You to, now, now, knowing that you keep money under your mattress, I may go check there and uh, grab it. 
Good luck finding that coffee can I've got. <laughs> Where do you bury the gold? So, um, you know, you run the risk of fire theft, but inflation is the big E for cash. But the same can be said about money market accounts, online savings accounts, cash management accounts. All of these accounts are very liquid. So you have a money market account or online savings at an online bank. You can get your money pretty quick. And sometimes, like maybe a cash management account will say you can only move so many times money. But they give a decent interest rate compared to banks than a savings account. Because a savings account, you can't you can't write checks from it. But a cash management account, they give you some interest and you can write checks from it or take money out. But again, all of those instruments are relatively low risk, but you're getting really, really low interest. And so you run the risk of inflation risk, right? Mm. Purchasing power risk. Yep. So, so what do you do? You have to start, now you have to start increasing the risk level you take to get some decent returns. And so now we're going to start moving to like a stable value fund. And a lot of people have stable value funds in their 401k, which is a mutual fund. They pay more than the money market. And so therefore they have more risk because they have uh, default risk of the insurance carrier. So if you have a stable value fund in your 401k, you know that's the place that's going to pay you the least amount of interest. But you know it won't go down with the stock market. So what are they doing? They're basically creating um, financial bets or instruments with insurance carriers. And so you run the risk of those insurance carriers defaulting. So that's why they do it with a bunch of insurance carriers. And those are really low risk in, in instruments. But again, 401k, you don't have much choice. You go with the stable value fund or you go in, in the stocks, you know, or mutual funds. So, um, there's always a risk to something. An another place you can go is corporate bonds or bonds. So um, with a bond, you're, you're getting interest back in the form of coupons, but you run the risk of interest rate risk. Like we talked about earlier, interest rates changing. If the interest rates go down, your bond price will go up. If your interest rates go up, your bond price will go down. So you run the risk of that. Plus, you, of course, if you have a corporate bond, Let's say you buy, you know, 3M bonds. You, you, what happens when 3M runs into trouble? You know, you, you're in trouble. There, you might, you might, um, the company might go under, and and you might default on that bond, and you lose it. You, so there's always something there. And one more I want to talk about, Tony, preferred stock. People say, "Oh, I got preferred stock." Sounds fancy, doesn't it? What is preferred stock? Well, isn't that same as common stock? No, it's different. Preferred stock offers um, dividends. Like like a bond, like coupons, they they give you these dividends, and they're usually pretty decent interest rates. They, you know, might be five percent, right? Much better than you can get at a CD or a bank. But um, and they constantly pay those. But there's a chance that the again interest rate risk. So they're tied to interest rates. So if interest rates change, your pricing of your of your preferred stock will change. Plus, mm -hmm. what if the company runs into trouble again? Yeah, you run the risk of them going bankrupt. Now you're ahead of the common stock holders. So if there's a liquid bankrupt chapter chapter bankruptcy, you're going to get paid out before the common stockholders, but you're going to behind the bondholders. So you're not number one in the pecking order. You're in the middle, which is better than being last like common stock. So there are always going to be risks. That's the important part to notice. So yeah. I want to, I want to finish by saying basically the idea of a risk-free investment is a dream. It's hypothetical. Um, and don't be lulled into a false sense of security when you're buying something or investing in something. You want to mitigate your risk by 
spreading out your holdings and di- diversifying. Don't put all your eggs in the CD basket, you know, <laughs> um, so to speak. And, and don't don't put it all under the pillow because you're going to run into inflation risk. So you have to have some in stocks or some in corporate bonds, some in CDs, some in annuities. You got to spread the risk and um, some in vinyl. Exactly. Vinyl, CDs, you know, vinyl, vinyl records. Gold. So my favorite low risk option, Tony, is paying off debt, paying off higher interest rate debt. If you're paying 15% on a credit card, pay that off. You just got yourself 15%. Yeah. No Boom. risk there, right? Right. Um, so That's here, smart. Here's Get my, that debt paid down. Exactly. So instead of investing, pay off debts, right? There's risk-free. So here's my final thought. When you're considering risk, when someone says there's a risk-free investment, just run away. You know, they're, they're not telling the truth. Unless they're talking about treasury securities and they're an economics teacher. They're trying to sell you something and it sounds appealing that it's risk-free, but it's really not. It's something that you need to be wary of. If you're thinking about risk, my favorite way to analyze this, when someone's thinking about, should I invest in this or should I not? Here's the way I look at it. If you're saying, oh, should I put some money in the stock market? Here's the question you got to ask yourself. Two questions. If I lost 30% of this investment, how would I feel and how would it impact my life? If I lost 30% of what I just put in, how would mm. I feel? You're going to feel miserable. Yikes. How would it yeah, impact my gonna life? You're going to feel miserable. How would it yeah. impact my life? Would I have yeah. to spend less? Would I be able to do less? Okay. And then at the same time, you have to ask yourself, if I gain 30% on the same investment, how would I feel and will it impact my life? You're going to feel great, right? But will it have a huge impact on your life? Will you be able to do stuff that you never thought you could do before? And then you got to look at those two questions and say, is it worth it? And it doesn't have to be 30%. It could be 5% or whatever. But sure. that should be the determinant on your risk profile. How do you feel and will it impact you financially if you lose that percentage? That's a good way to, to analyze whether or not something makes sense for you. Yeah, exactly. Well, great talk today. A good conversation to have. You've got to manage your risk. You've got to realize what risk is out there. And I know, Dan, you're more than happy to sit down with our listeners and talk to them about this and look at what they have and explain the various levels of risk and where they're at and where they might want to head from there. Um, How do our listeners get a hold of you and set up that complimentary consultation? Uh, the easiest way is go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. I do have a risk analysis tool on there. You can take it and ask some, ask some, answer some questions, and it'll give you a, your own risk profile. But then we could talk about it. Hey, can you look at this own this thing I own? Is it risky? What is the risk? I'd be happy to do that with you. You can also call 888-508-5935. And Tony, one quick question for you. Um, I'm going to give you this hundred bucks back, but. What if I said, uh, let me give it back to you next week at our next show? Would you be willing to do that? No. 20, 25 cents. Nope. 50? <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Uh, you can't go high enough. We don't have the time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Great show. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. The topics on this show are wide-ranging yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or 
to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphine Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.